Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Betty Pros Podcast, brought to you by BetMGM, offering a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 with the promo code BETTINGPROS on first deposit. Here with me to talk NFL Week 18 best bets is Sean Green, host of the Sports Gambling Podcast in the Daily Juice, which is our daily picks podcast here at Betting Pros. Sean, we're recording this on Thursday, and just a little bit earlier today, we got great news about Bill Safety, Damar Hamlin. Uh, who is awake. He has movement in his hands and feet. Uh, He's been able to communicate with hospital staff. So all that is fantastic. And obviously we uh, continue to keep him in our thoughts as he recovers. Great news for him, his family, the Bills, football fans in general, as we move towards week 18. Sean, uh, how is the new year going for you? New Year is is uh, going great. I mean, would be a little bit better if my Eagles had locked up the number one seed by beating the Saints. That was such an annoying game. I'm I'm still kind of annoyed, but now I'm trying to spin it. I go, okay, they got the Giants. This is a good tune-up game. Get the win. Get the momentum back. Because losing two in a row uh, is obviously you don't want to go into the playoffs with that. But and to me. Again, Homer, but uh, it, it, it really makes a case for Jalen Hurts being MVP. Like we saw the drop off of, uh, you know, with and without Hurts. So I, I'm doing good. I'm enjoying the new year so far. But yeah, I really want the Eagles to lock up the number one seed so I can relax a little bit. Yeah, well, uh, of course, I am the Cowboys fan here, and we will be talking both about that Eagles game and the Cowboys game. It definitely makes Week 18 very interesting. And really, it's a, it's a great time of year. Uh, you know, for sports in general, you know, like a, a really fascinating time. Like we've got, uh, you know, obviously NFL, we've got Monday, the national championship game with my TCU Horn Frogs, NBA, oh, nice. college basketball, hockey. And you talk about all of those sports, cover those sports on the daily juice. And then week 18, it's, it's an information week. You know, it's one of the most fascinating weeks of the regular season for some teams. It's a little bit like a preseason game for other teams. You know, obviously everything is at stake, a, a spot in the playoffs or playoff seedings. And then for, you know, still other teams draft position is the priority, whether or not they're actually acknowledging it. So uh, a lot to talk about when we're analyzing these games, uh, but one, game that is just remarkably straightforward we have the titans at the jags you know both of these both of these teams wanting to win this game winner is into the playoffs and i believe that in this spot you like the titans plus six at the jags and you also have a uh an anytime touchdown bet that you're looking to to parlay with it talk to me about what you see with this game here yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of reasons I like the Titans here. for I, I like the value at six for this division game revenge spot for the Titans. They're getting a lot of their guys back on the defensive side. I mean, you really saw the Titans secondary kind of fall apart due to the injuries. But other than that, like they're, you know, they're, they're getting the defensive players back are key. I like what I saw to Josh Dobbs against the Cowboys. I mean, again, Cowboys didn't really, you know, they kind of were playing back a little bit. It felt like they were kind of playing a little sleepy made sense. It was like a non-conference road game on Thursday night. It's a, it's a tough get up spot for them, but I, I like what the fight out of, I saw to this Titans team. And I think they're going to be able to pass on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I really like uh Chiga Conquo there, uh, the rookie tight end, who's been just kind of like a fun guy to root for. He's a, he's a freak athletically. Um, he actually is great. Like yards after the catch, 
He's he's kind of an explosive player. Their OC, Todd Downey, went out of his way to say, we need more Chig. We need more Traylon Burks. And we were just talking before the show, and you mentioned that Traylon Burks was a late pop-up on uh, today's injury report. So that's always scary. And maybe there's a chance Traylon Burks doesn't play, uh, which makes me even like the Chig anytime touchdown better. I, I tossed it out in the Betting Pros uh, Discord, bettingpros.com slash chat. Hang out in the Daily Juice section. A lot of great, lot of great info in there. I gave it out uh, there at 9-1. to one. I think FanDuel still has it at 7-1. to one. So um, he got a bunch of targets with Dobbs. They, they're mentioning that they're going out of their way to get him involved. I think it's a great formula. And I, I like Mike Vrabel as a dog in a must-win situation. This, to me, feels like the spread should be 3.5. So I think you're getting, at the very least, a couple, uh, couple points of line value there. Yeah, so Vrabel as a dog, that is historically the spot in which you want to bet him. And, you know, thinking about the the Chig Oconquo touchdown situation um, with Dobbs, you know, you think that they are going to be throwing the ball a little bit more, maybe a lot more than they would otherwise if Malik Willis were uh, were quarterback for them. So, you know, in terms of the Oconquo side of this, I think it's a good spot. You know, this number uh you know, was six and a half earlier, bumped down to six, is still six at points, but has moved up to six and a half across the market. So if you are on the Tennessee side of this, you know, uh, you know, even better value that you're able to get now uh, with it back at six and a half. But it's, you know, it, I think around six and a half, seven, six, like it's going to be fluctuating around that. And I think it's going to meet market resistance anytime it goes to seven or anytime it goes to six. So six and a half is probably where it's going to be staying. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit conflicted on this. Um, and, and one more thing on, on the Chig uh, Oconquo situation, as you mentioned, you know, Traylon Burks uh, practiced fully on Tuesday, so was healthy, uh, limited on Wednesday, did not practice with a groin injury on Thursday. If I had to project this right now, I would say he's not playing. You know, like just that general trend. Yeah, that's always trend. a bad formula where yeah. you're you're he's back, he's healthy, then limited, something happened, and then not practicing on Thursday is a horrible sign, uh, especially when you start out practicing earlier in the week. That means he tweaks something in yeah. practice. They're not going to say that, but that's usually what it means. Yeah, absolutely. So if I had to project this right now, I would say he doesn't start or he doesn't play. And if that's the case, man, uh, Chigo Conquo, suddenly becomes much more intriguing because uh, he will be seeing more targets on a per route basis and he's going to be out there running more routes. They will be using more two tight end sets. He will be on the field playing more snaps, getting more usage. So that really makes him intriguing. That said, uh, I I am skeptical. I am skeptical about the Titans team. Like I see a lot of, uh, of why you would want to bet them. Like the spot is good for them historically, especially because you know, they didn't really give anything in that Cowboys game, which was on a Thursday. So they've had a ton of time to rest. Yeah, and extra rest, yeah. And all of those players, the defensive players who were out for that Cowboys game, all of them are returning in this game. So, you know, they are going to have reinforcements, but they are still significantly injured on the defensive side of, of the ball with all of the players on IR. So I have this more like eight, eight and a half. So I, I haven't, I have, I'm just staying away. Like, I feel like I just, I need to stay away from it at this current number, but uh, the, the Oconquo thing, that is really what, what kind of hits my brain here. Uh, oh yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, it. you know, I'll, I'll probably put one unit on each. So if, if, uh, if Chick gets a touchdown, it won't really matter to me if we get the six and a half, but I, I do like the, 
Yeah, I, you make a good point. I mean, this Titans team certainly is trending in the wrong direction. Christian Fulton, I think, to me, is a is a big boost to the secondary. So that to me is 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 key because that's how I think the Jags were able to pass on them so easily last time. Um, and and again, the Jags obviously are playing great ball right now. So I, I could see the case for them. If I was playing the Jags, I'd probably put it in a teaser. I just think these division must-win games mm-hmm. end up being closer to a field goal than a blowout. Yeah. Uh, one game that I am on uh, divisional game here, Browns on the road at the Steelers. And this number is fluctuated between uh, two and a half and three uh, for the Browns here as underdogs on the road. I think just the Browns are the better team at this point. I have them power rated as the better team. Uh, they have really turned it around on defense uh, over the last six weeks. They have the better quarterback. Uh, Deshaun Watson hasn't been great. He hasn't been sort of the Deshaun Watson that we knew in Houston since he's returned. But he started to turn it around in the second half last week, and he is still the better quarterback in this game. So I feel like I'm getting the better defense, the better quarterback, and teams with nothing to play for. Obviously, the Browns at this point out of playoff contention, but teams with nothing to play for going against a team needing a win in the final week of the season, and that's where the Steelers are. They need a win to have a shot at the playoffs here. Those teams have around a 60% win rate against the spread over the past five years. So even though the Browns don't have anything to play for and the Steelers do, and you think the motivation angle would tilt you towards the Steelers in this spot, just historically, that hasn't been the case. I think like the market has probably overvalued the idea of this team has nothing to play for. This team has something to play for. So uh, I am on the Browns in this spot at plus two and a half. Uh, Sean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I historically small AFC North dogs are just a, it's, it's just an, a machine, right? 44, 23, and five when taking the AFC North dog of three or less. Uh, I, I guess what I what what I would caution against or like what has me leaning on Pittsburgh is TJ Watt. Like they're a different team with and without TJ Watt. Uh, now I think seven and two with TJ Watt playing. There just seems to be a, a uh, momentum with this Pittsburgh team. Again, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. So that's got to be in the back of his head, trying to get this team to nine and eight. I'm just stoked that they cashed my uh, over seven and a half. Uh, for the Steelers because I went big on that. So uh, it got pretty nervous early there in the season. So uh, you lay out a good case for the Browns. I guess to me, it's just like TJ Watt is still the best player on the field. And we're seeing just a little momentum out of this Steelers team. But other than that, I'm with you. There's there's certainly the case to be made. And when in doubt, AFC North games, uh, historically taking the, the dog and especially in that like zero – well, obviously zero, it's not a dog, but like the one to three point range is a good spot for AFC North dogs. Yeah. And, you know, to your point about TJ Watt, something that we will want to monitor in this game, uh, Jack Conklin, uh, you know, on the injury report with an ankle injury. So in uh, the Denzel Ward uh, on the injury report with the shoulder injury, but Jack Conklin specifically, he would be going up against TJ Watt for a number of his pass rushing snaps. And so if Conklin is out, I'm going to be adjusting my number Uh, right now. I have it at uh, 0.75. So I do think that there's some value here, but uh, yeah, uh, TJ Watt, you know, he certainly can, can change how this game would look, especially if Jack Conklin is out Uh, one game here that you were looking at the Rams. Let me see if this number is still six and a half. I think it's actually moved to six across the market, but uh, Rams plus uh, yeah. Rams plus six, still six and a half at FanDuel, but Rams plus six at Seattle. 
I don't know if you would still bet on the Rams at plus six, but uh, you liked the Rams at plus six and a half. What are your thoughts on them here on the road in Seattle? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like it at six and a half. I like it at six, and I, I think it's worth a small sprinkle on the money line. I, I think, you know, the Rams have, with the exception of the last week game, have been playing strong uh, for the most part. I, For me, there's a couple guys I'm looking to key on in this game. One is Bobby Wagner. I don't know if you remember the last time the Seattle went down and played in Los Angeles. Like, Bobby Wagner was a, a man possessed. Like, he takes this game very, yeah. very personally. And I know Seattle beat that Jets team, but I don't think they looked – I don't know. I guess I wasn't blown away, and I still think Geno Smith is dealing with some confidence issues. And on the other side, like this this Rams team, they're almost like a uh, – it kind of reminds you in the action movie where it's like, hey, we need a second-story guy. We need a driver. We need an explosive guy. Like they're bringing together – all these different guys that are playing for their NFL lives. Like Baker Mayfield's playing to stay in the NFL Uh, cam Akers, who like they were, they couldn't trade. They couldn't get rid of all of a sudden is running super, super hard. This is a division game at six and a half points. The Rams have no reason to lay down. They have a bunch of guys that are playing for their careers. So I think they're going to kind of be super motivated. And actually in hindsight, um, may have been looking ahead past that Chargers game towards this being like, hey, division game, let's go out, let's give them a game. So, I again, this to me feels closer to a field goal than like a, a dominant Seattle win. Yeah, and they don't even have the, you know, quote-unquote motivation of draft position. Yeah, they, no picks. Their picks. <laughs> yeah, you know? they're, they're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. They have no reason not to go out there and, uh, you know, Bobby Wagner in particular, but that whole team in general, I think would probably take great pleasure in, uh, in beating the Seahawks and knocking them out of playoff contention. Yeah, no, to your point, like there's in these situations, especially division games, I always like to look at the division game ones as well, where it's like one team just needs the win or they need a win and maybe a little bit of help. And the other team, quote unquote, has nothing to play for. To your point, like the market seems to lean towards the team who has the motivation. But again, this is like this is the NFL. You can't you can't do the NFL 25 percent like it just doesn't uh play out like that so I, I think you're going to see a pretty spirited effort from the rams and that seattle defense again i don't know if mike white wasn't completely healthy or whatever but i, I still think there's opportunities against the seattle defense yeah i i agree i don't think mike white was healthy with the uh i mean i think he was healthy enough to be out there but i don't think he was comfortable we saw you know justin yeah, he herbert look rattled still yeah yeah we saw justin herbert returning early in the season from the rib injury how he didn't look like his normal self for uh at least the first game out there and really more like two or three games so I think that's the situation with with Mike White. And it's hard to, uh, you know, say that the Seahawks were the reason for why uh, Mike White underperformed. Uh, I have this projected at 5.5. So pretty close to the number that's out there in the market. But, you know, I would lean more towards the Rams uh, in this spot. Uh, a game here that uh, I'm going against your Eagles. You know, apologies, uh, yeah, <laughs> apologies in advance. You know, uh, Giants plus 14 at the Eagles. And I got to say, I bet this early on Monday uh, when the number was 11 and a half. And so obviously like it much better, uh, you know, uh, just in terms of like thinking about, am I on the sharp side of this? But, uh, you know, since the market has moved against me, uh, you know, obviously there's more value now. But, man, I I feel 
I don't know. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of conflicted about this. We'll, we'll talk about it. By the way, I just got to say, I logged this in the Betting Pros app where you can sync up with sportsbooks, get free betting advice and picks, uh, track different experts in your own bets, and you can set alerts. We monitor all the major sportsbooks. So when one of them has a line move that hits a threshold you have set, you get an alert that tells you where you can make the bet. All right, so Giants plus 14 is the number in the market right now. Uh, I think that this number is assuming that we see almost – no Daniel Jones or see very few of the Giants starters. And that is probably the case. But there is a chance that we see Daniel Jones for a little bit. Uh, you know, and he's 16 and five against the spread as a road dog. Even if we don't see him, Tyrod Taylor is a pretty good professional backup quarterback. Like out of out of the ranks of backups, he's a guy who's had multiple seasons as a starter. 30, 21, and three against the spread for his career, and pretty good as a dog. 18, 12, and two against the spread as a dog. So I think this number is pricing it as if no giant starters are playing. Even if that is the case, I think we could see a backdoor cover in a game where the Eagles get out to a pretty big lead and then they rest some of their players in the fourth quarter, especially Jalen Hurts, who's recovering, still recovering from an injury. So no guarantee that Hurts plays the entirety of this game. And 14 is just such a big number when you consider that even the team that doesn't have motivation is still a playoff team and this is still a divisional matchup so 14 even if I'm adjusting for the assumption that we are going to see a lot of backups for the Giants I still have this projected around 12 and a half this is just such a big number I I know you're you're the Eagles homer here what are your thoughts here yeah, you know, I, I I'm contractually obligated to pick the Eagles every week, but um, I think the case for the Giants is pretty easy to make. Like again, it's it, 14 points in any sort of division game is a great starting point. Let alone to your a, a team that was in the playoffs. I, I there's certainly a world where the Eagles get out to a decent sized lead. Um, and I think they will put the foot on the gas, especially early. But, you, you know, you saw that um, Minshew got in the, the game they played against the Giants the first time. Now they ended up uh, winning the game by 12 points in, uh, you know, in the Giants stadium. But I, I think 14 points is a lot. Again, Hurts may be a little bit rusty. The The offense may not fire on all cylinders. They're still missing Lane Johnson. So there's a lot of ways uh, this Eagles team doesn't cover that 14. And to your point, it's I, I, we were debating this on my show uh, last night. Where are we going back and forth? If they officially rule Daniel Jones out, what does the line move to? I don't know if you can make it much higher than 14 points. You're like Teddy Bridgewater is a competent uh, backup quarterback. Yeah, they have players on both sides. Like you're going to get a decent effort at the very least. I I think they're probably going to split the difference, where maybe Jones plays a series. Um, some of the bigger guys like Saquon or guys with anything close to an injury, they're just going to sit. So I think this is where. You know, the odds makers kind of split the difference. But I think if they even if they announce Daniel Jones sits, maybe you get to 14 and a half. But again, this is a division game between two rivals. Like you really can't hang it higher than 14. Yeah, I mean, to your point, if Daniel Jones is announced out the line, it feels like it has to move a little bit towards the, yeah. the Eagles. But how much can it really move? Like I, I can't imagine it getting to 17 or no. something like that. that. That just that would feel like way too far. Uh, another game here, you know, looking at uh, the NFC East at the same time when the Giants and Eagles are playing, we will have the Cowboys at the Commanders. And, you know, these two games, 
they're you know they're intertwined here uh and cowboys are uh seven point favorites on the road here uh and you know the cowboys they're still playing for uh playoff seeding they still have a shot at the number one seed if the eagles somehow don't win that game uh and i'm on the cowboys here um you know because historically they have not liked resting players in the final week of the season so even if they get out to a lead uh or even if they see that the eagles are going to clinch the number one seed i still don't think they're going to be resting starters for all that long of the game and sam howell for the commanders is a late round third string rookie making his first nfl start uh regardless of uh, what your opinion might be of Carson Wentz or uh, Taylor Heineke. Those guys are still an upgrade over Sam Howell, at, at least at his stage of, of the career right now. So uh, I think it's a downgrade for Howell as the starter. Uh, the Cowboys, I think, are going to go out there. And even if they're not playing for the number one seed, I think they are you know, playing to to tune up for the playoffs and get right in. Seven, uh, you know, for a divisional game, sure, it's kind of a bigger number, especially with them being on the road. But I don't think the commanders have that great of a home field advantage. I have this projected at nine. So, well, they got they got Major Tunney going. So now that's really, <laughs> did you factor that into your line? I, I don't did know. Not. I did not. Uh, if anything, it would be uh, more of a, a negative for them than a positive. But what what are your thoughts here on the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm 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 an auto fade on the Cowboys, but I I think what you have going for you on the Cowboys side, uh, to your point, yeah, you're going up against a a third round rookie should be a good spot for you. This, this Commanders team in general just feels like they lost all the momentum, right? Like they had a nice little spark with Taylor Heineke, they were rallying around him, they beat the Eagles, they had some quality wins. He kind of lost their mojo. They brought in Carson Wentz, and it just completely folded. So, I I, I kind of like the Cowboys more if Carson Wentz plays. In the idea that Carson Wentz creates some crazy turnovers. I think what Sam Howell has going for him is the element of surprise. Like you don't know what he's going to look like. Um, so maybe they get something going there or maybe they get something going with Brian Robinson uh, on the ground. Uh, it, it's tough to make the case for the commanders uh, because every sort of matchup you would give a nice edge uh, toward the Cowboys. I think the way the commanders get this cover is that for whatever reason, they get fired up. This is a, Hey, we should have been playing Sam Howell. What were we doing not starting him earlier game where he shows we see rookies sometimes come in and show some flashes because they don't know how to play him. They have no tape on him, that kind of thing. And Dak may be throwing a couple picks because, you know, Dak has uh, thrown some interceptions and turnovers. I think if that scenario comes, that's that's how the commanders get the cover. But again, I think you laid out a good case for the Cowboys. All right, one game here uh, that I think is going to be a really intriguing matchup. We have the Lions on the road for Sunday night football. The Packers are favored by four and a half, and this line has actually bumped up to five at points bet. So, you know, maybe still some movement in the market going towards the Packers here. You, I believe, are on the Packers at four and a half. Talk to me about what you're seeing in this game. I'm, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted on it. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the Lions have been a fun team. To me, they're like a 
their their home road splits, I think, especially with the defense, are still uh, something to keep an eye on. You know, we saw what the Panthers were able to do against that Lions defense. Now it's weird because their the run defense was playing pretty well, and then Carolina just you know smashed it down their throat and and destroyed them on the ground. They had a nice uh, you know bounce back spot at home, but I I just think they're a different team home and road. You look at Jared Goff historically in freezing temperatures, zero and four. Uh, this feels like Aaron Rodgers, last hurrah, kind of rallying the troops. Looks like they're getting Christian Watson back, which clearly opens up a lot of stuff for that offense. And I think they're going to be able to move the ball on the Lions. They also, uh, this is a revenge spot for the Packers as well. Like there, there's a lot going for the Packers here. And in a weird way, I kind of like, so the, the uh, as far as the motivation factor, if Seattle wins, uh, they officially eliminate the Lions. But in a weird way, I kind of like this more on the Packers side if Detroit is playing for a playoff spot. The idea is if there's a lot of pressure going into that Sunday night game, I like the I like the Packers even better. If, um, you know, Seattle uh, – so if Seattle wins and Detroit is playing with house money and they're like, hey, our season's already over. We got nothing to lose. You know, playing reckless like that, I'm almost more nervous as a Packers better. Either way, I like this line at four, four and a half, um, just because I think the, the pedigree, honestly. And I think we saw something out of that Green Bay defense, which was missing uh, previously against Minnesota. So I think this is a good spot to fade Jared Goff on the road in freezing temperatures. So entering the year, I was higher than the market on the Lions. And, you know, we saw them last year uh, totally uh, heroic against the spread, yeah. uh, especially against winning teams. And they've been pretty strong against the spread this year as well. They, they started the season pretty terribly just in terms of wins and losses. But, you know, they have been on a hot streak, uh, you know, for the second half of the season. And so, like, part of me wants to be on Dan Campbell as an underdog in this spot just because his team has been able to cover very well for two two consecutive years here that said he hasn't been all that great on the road he's been much better at home and aaron Rodgers, this is the aaron Rodgers spot you know rogers at lambeau field is an assassin uh a lot of quarterbacks you know the, the market just tends to uh to benefit quarterbacks who are underdogs so you don't see many quarterbacks who outperform the spread very significantly as a favorite but rogers has done that for his career yeah. and then rogers in division like he he has crushed in division he's better against the spread versus the teams that he knows uh, in comparison to you know teams that he plays maybe once every two or four years, so this is this is the spot trend wise that tends to line up for Aaron Rodgers. And then just in terms of like the momentum, like I I don't pay all that much attention to that, but that is something that kind of gets factored into my power ratings because you know I make adjustments each week based on how teams are performing. And you have seen this Packers team over the past month really start to come on. The defense is improving. The offense is, they're not playing quickly. So it's not as if they're putting up a ton of points, but on a per play basis, they are playing pretty efficiently. And you've just seen the Packers, like you you kind of saw the path to them being able to get into the playoffs, even though they were, I think, four and eight. Uh, and, you know, they, they have walked the path every point to this spot. And now it's, you know, at home, favored, home uh you know going against a divisional opponent win and in 
ah, man, like I, I, I have this projected exactly at 4.25. So I'm very close to the market. I haven't bet on this game. I'm probably not going to bet on this game, but I want to bet on this game. And the thing is, I'm just conflicted about which side I would actually no, I mean, want and, to bet. So I'm probably not going to bet it, but I think and, it's going to be a great game. Lions have been a fun dog. I mean, again, I think uh, the Aaron Rodgers thumb thing, I think there really was something going on with that because you've seen like in these past few weeks, I don't know if it's just his thumb is completely healed or he's getting chemistry with those young receivers. It, it's tough to like tell eye test what is really but guys are in the right spaces, right? Like we've saw so many of like Aaron Rodgers, like throwing his hands up and stuff like that. And a lot of that has gone, gone away. And last but not least, like the return game uh, for the Packers yes. has been crazy. Like that, you know, I was on the Vikings and part of my handicap was it seemed like the return guy was going to be out. He was injured. He was, I was like, all right, if he plays, he's not going to be a hundred percent. Of course he plays and then takes one to the house. So apparently yeah. he's not all that banged up. And again, you give this Packers team a short field. You add that to their arsenal. And I think they're just a, they're going to be a really, really tough out for a Lions team who, again, like, I think regardless of this result, the Lions as a team feels like this was a successful season, right? Like they don't, yeah. they can kind of almost get their butts kicked here and still hang their heads pretty high with like, Hey, we had a, we had a pretty good season. We're in the, in the hunt for the playoffs till the very end. You know, we did a lot of things, right. They're responding to Campbell. So I, I, I think they can still be happy with the season and, and not get the cover. To your point about the thumb injury, I think that was a very underappreciated aspect of why the Packers struggled in the middle of the season. And I, the a week 14 bye is just so ridiculous in today's yeah. NFL. But, you know, that's what the Packers had. And so they had to struggle up to that point. But since the bye week, you know, I think Rodgers really had a chance to uh, to recover with the hand injury during that bye week. And since then, uh, you know, they've been much better on offense. So, uh, yeah, the Packers, really intriguing spot here. One more game kind of quickly I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, the Bills uh, w- against the Patriots here. The Bills are minus seven. And, you know, there's so much uncertainty because of the situation with the Bills, you know, how the Bengals game is going to be handled, uh, what the NFL is going to do with playoff seating in the AFC if that game doesn't play. Uh, and so I have this projected at Bills minus 11, but that's not taking any of these other things into account, you know, not adjusting for the possibility that the Bills could rest players in this game, which certainly could happen depending on the outcome of the Chiefs game uh, on Saturday. And so, and by the way, I should just mention, we're giving away a free signed Isaiah McKenzie Buffalo Bills mini helmet from Pristine Auction. If you want a chance to win it, subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now, comment below on the video, and we will announce a winner in a future episode the bills have any thoughts on this game because you know there are certainly playoff ramifications both for the bills and for the patriots it's just a hard it's a slippery game it's hard to get your mind around this yeah you know you you mentioned a a bunch of great points there obviously like if the chiefs lock up the one seed uh by winning but then uh, it it seems like they're leaning towards not replay not redoing that game you hear all these rumors about oh hey we're gonna do an extra week and move the playoffs all around or a neutral site afc it still seems like they haven't they just keep leaking these different ideas and seeing how people react to it uh we'll see we'll see where they actually end up on to me the simplest solution is it, it it stinks there's no real good solution but to just 
graded as a no game and just, hey, the Bills and the Bengals played uh, 16 games. We'll go by winning percentage and kind of just take it from there. There's no real fair way uh, to handle it. But as far as the game itself, I, I like I like the Bills. I like any sort of running mobile quarterback against a Bill Belichick defense. Whatever it is, they just seem to not be able to match up with them. The only thing that would concern me is Josh Allen has moments where he's pressing and he throws bad turnovers, creates uh, bad picks. Uh, New England's second half defense has been dominant as of late, like really shutting down teams in the second half. But I think a motivated uh, Bills team, assuming they're playing for something, and I, I would assume they're going to be playing for the – the very least the uh, second seed there, because again, like I, in all these discussions, I don't think people are factoring in how valuable the two seed is because the two seed you're playing home games until you face off against the one seed. The one seed gets knocked out. You're playing home games until yeah. the playoffs. So I, I don't think people are factoring that in like how much teams would want a two seed. And again, I like Josh Allen as a mobile quarterback against the bill Belichick defense and this Patriots offense that seems incredibly out of sorts. I know we didn't have any shots of Mac Jones uh, yelling at Matt Patricia on the sidelines from last game. But again, they they're getting wins with like, uh, you know, pick sixes. I mean, they knocked the uh, they knocked the, the the Dolphins quarterback out of the game and got a pick six and only won by two points. So it's like they even in their wins, it's like they're they're getting outcomes that are very hard to maintain and sustain. So I, I like the bills here. I think Bill's stadium is going to be uh, kind of an electric yeah. atmosphere. So it's going to be must watch TV. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of emotions. And again, that stuff is hard to handicap, but all things being equal, I'm taking the bills minus seven. Yeah. I, I think uh, you pushed me in that direction pretty strongly. And I, I'm already leaning in that direction, but I think you made a, a lot of great points there. And um, yeah, but the, the strength of the number two seed, even though it's not as strong as it used to be with the bye week uh, there's still a lot to play for there. And I think the bills, uh, you know, given you know, the emotion of the situation and given the fact that they didn't have, I mean, they, they played, but they didn't have a full game. So I think it would almost be detrimental for them to enter the playoffs without having had, you know, kind of like uh, a, an actual sort of tune-up game before the games really start to matter for the future. So, uh, yeah, the Bills here, I think this this number just fills off. Yeah, I, I think Bills go full bore. I think like, you know, the Vikings, 49ers, uh, your Cowboys, I think they're all going to be going full bore, jockeying yeah. for that two seed. I don't see – they could be maybe doing a little scoreboard watching and stuff like that, but – I think the fact that the two seed is up for grabs in a lot of these situations are going to keep people pretty motivated. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. All right, Sean, thanks for joining us. Uh, tell the people where to follow you on social and where to find your work. Yeah. Uh, check me out at Sean T green over on Twitter, uh, do a daily podcast, AKA the daily juice, type it in wherever you, uh, you find podcasts, also sports gambling podcasts and uh, appreciate you, uh, you having me on mayor. A lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. Uh, he, Sean Green. I'm Matthew Freeman at Matt F. The Oracle. Check out Betting Pros and Fantasy Pros for all of my work. If you like the show, please rate and review on your favorite podcast app. That is going to do it for this week 18 Best Bets edition of the Betting Pros pod. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck and see you next episode.